Howdy, gang. I think he's mic'd up. He's mic'd. He's got a mic. Yeah. What's up, gang? How are you? Y'all good? We'll try that again. Come on. How are you? Right, so we do have folks that are going to keep the kids. Some parents are going, thank God, a break. <laughs> That's okay. Little rascals are tiring. Dotson's going to come on up, um, and then Jordan, I think, is going to come on up. He's going to pray over him here in a second. Hey, let me, uh, let me welcome everyone again. Is that not tremendous? And just letting that sink in just for a second. And when you're singing a song, it says, I surrender all. Is there something that pops on your mind that you know in your life that you, that's part of you that you just haven't surrendered? Sure. Come on. And the thing is, it's not the beating up of the thing that we haven't surrendered. It's just getting down to the piece of it of going, why do I still want to hold on to it or them? And man alive, I just absolutely love this time and space because of you. You see, this room makes no difference if you're not in it. This time is nothing if you're not in it. And so the thing is, is when you come into this room and it's empty, immediately memories come up. They just come wafting up of the times that we have while we're in here when hearts are connecting and then we go out there. And so for me, in this, especially in this past year, it's almost kind of been like a show and tell. <laughs> you know, we've just been running different people up here. And, and one of the main reasons is because I want you to get a glimpse of the hearts that, that I get a chance to live with on purpose. And so all the folks that have been coming up, man, I get a, I get a chance to, to live a lot of life with them. Dotson's, he's a bunker mate, man. And so for me, it's like going to school with show and tell. I want, I want, I want to show you my buddies. And, and you're all of that. And so at some point, I really do want you to roll yourself up here and share who I get to know. So others will get a glimpse of your heart. And man, that just makes us so much stronger that when we go out there, especially when we talk about the areas of life that we just don't want to talk about, and then we get to celebrate those things that we want to celebrate big with one another, right? And that's what you guys are learning. And that's what you're teaching. And that's the beautiful piece of it. Is that Jesus is who He says He is. And you're believing that you are who He says you are. First of all, in your home. And at work and in school. That's what Dotson, I think, is going to share a little bit tonight. I think we got to... Does he have a... Song no, he's gonna bring? No, we we're gonna wipe that out. We're gonna wipe that. Wipe out, out the walk-up song. All right, <laughs> Jordan, come on, pray over our man. Come here, man. I love you. Love you too. Cool stuff. Let it rip. Let it rip. We really didn't plan on wearing plaid, but hey, it worked hey, out. Hey, we're here. Look at here. <laughs> Can I get a picture? <laughs> Someone take a picture of this, please. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was not shorter than Dotson. I was Father, we are honored and privileged to be here uh, tonight together. 
Uh, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity just to take a breath and to gather together. And Lord, the songs that we've sung are uh, an offering to you. Uh, you are worthy. You're our king. You're our counselor. You're our peace and our joy. Lord, and we thank you for um, we thank you for each day. Um, I know that um, the weather that we've had the last couple of days and it looks like we're going to get it for the next few, it's just uh, premium. And so it, it makes it easy to be grateful, Father, and uh, grateful for your creation. And, and um, we just ask you to teach us each and every day to, no matter what the weather looks like, no matter what our agenda is, no matter what... Uh, going on in our day, transform our hearts to be grateful in it. Lord, I thank you for this friend, for the season of life we're, we're spending together right now. I thank you for the strength and the encouragement that he brings to my life. I thank you in advance for the work in, in his heart that he's going to share with us tonight. We pray that you would open our ears to hear your message that you would transform us a bit tonight, grow us, stretch us, change us. What we saying, we surrender all. I fall far short from that. But uh, we all have that desire to surrender all to you. Help us, teach us in that. Open our hearts to you tonight. We praise you, Lord. We love you. And it's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Just a minute to sit up, folks. There we go. Huh? No, no, I like the chairs. <laughs> This is fun. Uh, hello, church. I, uh, one of the cool things that happens when Mike asks you to come up here to talk is he says, uh, uh, what song would you like them to play? So I, I got thinking, hey, one of my favorite songs is A Closer Walk With Thee. And so uh, I like the way Bart Millard sings the song, uh, the guy from lead singer from Mercy Me. So I shot it over this afternoon. This, I like the way this sounds. If you could give it to the folks. And so actually it intended for them to sing, uh, but they mis misunderstood my idea and they thought it, I wanted them to play Bart Millard up here. And I was, but so no need for a video tonight. We band's good enough, right? You want me to hit the power there, don't you? Can you hear me now? You gotta turn that thing back. I've got a, a, a couple of caveats, which means little side items here I want to talk about. One is other than maybe three people in this room, uh, could I comment on, on their, their walk with Christ at a very personal level? And so anything I say, this is the disclaimer, is not aimed at anybody or in, with any ill intent because I could only intend about three of you and uh, y'all know who you are 
Um, and then I've been thinking about this for probably five months. I started uh, coming to the refuge right after Thanksgiving and had so much to tell you guys and I don't have much time so I'm going to try to go as fast as I can. But uh, start out and my first thought is in Genesis 1 and 2. If you want an idea of what perfection looks like, just draw it up in Genesis 1 and 2. God created um, the world, put man in it, and uh, in, oh, ended up saying, this is all's good. You know, and so I don't want to spend a lot of time in Genesis 1 and 2, but I will give you uh, an idea of what happened in Genesis 1 and 2. And this is all mostly in Genesis 2, as a matter of fact, but the first thing that happens is that Adam was given a personal relationship with God. Walking with God, talking with God, hanging out, and it, it wasn't any big thing because they were just with each other. And then God gave Adam a place to stay. Uh, he put him in the garden. Uh, then he gave him something to do. He told him to name everything. <coughs> he told him to tend the garden just gave him something to spend his day doing. And then, after he had a relationship, and after he had a place to stay, and after he had something to do, then he brought him a wife. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's just a little side tip for all the guys in here, of things that you need to have in order before you get started. And something for all the girls in here, something that you need to look for when picking a guy on the other side of it. But I can tell y'all, uh, I started that backwards, okay? I got the gal first, uh, then I got a job, then I got a place to stay, and then I started working on a relationship with Christ. Uh, and as I started doing that, like most of the guys in here, I wanted to be the best at everything I did. I wanted to be the best lawyer in town spent a lot of effort, a lot of money, uh, doing extra classes and um, talking with other attorneys, going and watching, trying to figure out what it would take to be the best. Uh, picked up the game of golf. I wanted to be the best golfer in town. That's what lawyers do when they're not lawyering, they're golfing. And so I was out at the golf course three or four times a week, banging away, trying to be the best golfer in town. I wanted to be the best father. I had, at that time, two children um, and um, just spent a lot of time wanting to be the best dad you can be. Uh, wanted to be the best husband in town. Um, had a wife and uh, I thought one of the things that you need to do is be a good husband. And so I started doing that and making every effort and uh, what I found out, the target kept moving. I couldn't ever hit the target. You think, you do this spin over, whoop, whoop, it's over here, and you go over here a little bit. And So what I found out that um, you can't be the best at any of that. You just, there's always a bigger fish. If, if you've seen the Star Wars trilogy or whatever, just, there's always something that you can't touch. Uh, and so for 20 years, uh, really, and if, you, if you've ever seen somebody trip, you know, and they trip and they're doing all they can do and they're stumbling and they're trying to catch their balance and that's what I looked like for 20 years, just flip-flopping around and 
eventually I face planted and uh, my life went boom, you know, just that's what happened. And so uh, when I face planted, it's something dawned on me, there's, there's got to be something a little bit different, something a little bit better. And that's when I started uh, actually really pursuing a relationship with Christ. I had, as a child, uh, grown up in the church, went to church regularly on Sundays, um, got married. We decided on a church, always been in church, been in um, Sunday school classes and did the whole thing coming through. Um, but really never decided to be the best Christian. That was never on the, the list. But uh, as when, when life went boom, like it goes boom for everybody, you, so you're not going to be the Lone Ranger when it happens to you. You know, it's, you look to the guy to the next to you, left and right and right and left. If you look over there, that guy's had a major hit in his life, and uh, he may or may not be willing to share it, but you know they got it. And if you hadn't had it, you got it coming, so you need some <laughs> folks to be with you. <clears throat> but uh, when that happened, I started um, actually pursuing a relationship. I was reading my Bible, um, listening to preachers online, um, going to Sunday school, and just uh, really, really, really uh, pursuing a relationship with Christ. And I was in a small group that met Friday mornings. Uh, it's got a really cool name. They were called the Swamp Rabbits. And that came out of a crazy situation, but one period of time during the Swamp Rabbits meetings, uh, we didn't, we got through the book we were studying, we are going through a holiday season, so it's going to be a little while before we started the next one. And we had these guest speakers come in. Uh, one of the guest speakers was a fellow by the name of Jeff Leach. Um, and y'all may or may not know him, he's a dentist over here. Uh, but he came and spoke about the time when uh, his uh, medical, uh, dental school in Memphis. And he talked about a professor that um, started walking through life with him, uh, just uh, spending time with him, inviting him over to his home, feeding him, uh, giving him fatherly advice. He was in Memphis at that time, uh, but he also started sharing with him the Word. And I sat there, and my jaw just, I really didn't know that was out there. You know, it's like there's actually someone out there that would spend time with me to talk to me about the Bible. And so I said, golly, i got to get me one of those. <laughs> you know, and so... Uh, that was a, a, a time in my life I started flipping rocks, and I mean flipping rocks, looking for a disciple maker everywhere. And um, just rough times, just like, uh, and I shortcut the story a little bit, and my brain works this way, and I apologize, it's just the way it goes, but there's a verse out there, uh, I think it's in Matthew 9, I'm just drawing a blank, but basically it says, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. And uh, we're in a season where there is plenty of a harvest, but there's very few laborers. 
And so I was looking for that laborer and uh, couldn't find him anywhere. But in addition to that, um, I wanted to be a laborer and I wanted to be a disciple maker because I thought that was a pretty important part. I, I saw guys running around and uh, uh, struggling. You know, friends of mine, younger guys, and you're looking and say, hey, if you do this, this, and this, uh, life would be easier, but that people don't want to follow that. And, but so, but I, I did want to be a teacher, and so I looked around and um, I found a couple guys, and I thought these are the dudes. And so I uh, did my best to enter into relationships with them. I did my best to get time with them. I got them in a Bible study, and off we went. And uh, face planted again. Failed miserably. Uh, don't know why, but I did. And so, uh, just I just had to give up on that, on those two guys. Not give up on them, but just like release them, release them, release me. But I, but I didn't really lose the dream of being a disciple maker. You know, just, uh, and I didn't really. Um, you know, lose the hope one day of uh, getting some help. I, that's something I wanted, was someone to teach me. And uh, one day, uh, as my boom started to finally unravel and come to a conclusion, I realized I was going to be divorced and uh, my life was not going to be the way it was. And if one of those if you really knew me moments would be if you really knew me you would know that I was not going to be good by myself and so uh, I talked to a buddy of mine and he he put me on a book called Parenting for Purity and I said uh, alright I'll look at the book and this was he was coaching me up on uh, dating so I pull up the Parenting for Purity book and the Parenting for Purity book to summarize it in a really small little eggshell says that there's three ways to get a woman. Here, this is another tip, guys. <laughs> Write this one down. All you young dudes, all you old dudes, forget it. <laughs> the first way is by default. And by default is you just fall into a relationship. And I can tell you, my first marriage was by default. Just, uh, we were there doing, you know, things we shouldn't have been doing, bang, we're married, and off we take off running. And uh, that one did probably what would be predictable and it, it just splintered. Uh, the next way, and this one sounds really good, is the resume method of getting a woman. And the resume method for getting a woman is you find all these list of things. You got this list of all the good qualities in a person. You know, you want a, a nice girl, you gotta have a pretty one. You got to have one that uh, likes to go fishing or swimming or biking or running, whatever it is that you like to do, but you're looking for that guy or gal in the case may be. And when you go find her, then you grab her and you take her before the Lord and you say, look, what do you think right there? This is for me, you know, and, and you ask God to approve what you've gone out and done on your own. Um, the third method is the revelation method. And the revelation method works. The revelation method is 
you take off seeking Jesus and you're running, 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 running. You look over and there's somebody right there with you. That's the one. And, you know, Jesus and God is going to put that person in your life. You don't have to worry about her being on the other side of the planet. If God wants you with a woman, he's going to put her right there with you. And so it's a, it's a case of seeking the Lord. And then when you're doing what you're doing, look over there, and there's somebody doing the same thing in the same direction, in the same place, that's her. You know, that's how you know. And I can tell you it works because that's how I got in the coat. But we'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk about that later another day. But it dawned on me at that time that uh, if, if God was going to be so um, concerned about my personal life that he would find me a wife, I got to imagine, and I did imagine, that he would be so concerned about me that he would bring me a disciple maker. And so the day that I for, just threw my hands up and said, it's not going to happen, and quit seeking it, uh, a short time after that, uh, I got invited to a meeting. It was a cool meeting. It had all the dignitaries there. You know, Michael Jordan was there. Mike Bivens was there. I think Pop was there. And then uh, one other dude, and I didn't know this dude, his name was David Nolan. And I walk in, and I don't even remember what we're talking about, but the conversation went nowhere, the subject went nowhere. But as we're doing the meet and greets, uh, David Nolan uh, let me know that he was part of what he does as a navigator. I said, whoa, I've heard of these navigator dudes. And so I said, uh, we, the whole meeting is over. And everybody's breaking up. And I said, hey, man, I want to talk to you for just a minute. I said, uh, I don't know a navigator. don't know a lot about them, but I know that y'all do what I want to do. Can you tell me how to do what you do? And he said, no, I can't tell you, but I can show you. And so I said, cool. And uh, we set up a, a meeting, and that was, I can tell you, the very first meeting was on my birthday. 2012 and pretty much once a week um, for the last three and a half years I've met with David Nolan uh, to teach me one how to walk with Jesus and two um, how to be a disciple maker and uh, it's, it's been a great relationship um, there's a there's a couple stories in the Bible that I really enjoy. Um, one of them is the, uh, the story of the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts. And he goes to Jerusalem, and y'all can look this up and verify. I don't want to read it to you. But he goes to Jerusalem and, uh, to worship, and he's on his way back, and he's reading the scroll of Isaiah in his chariot. And Philip is sent to the Ethiopian, and he jumps up in the chair with him and says, what are, you, what are you reading? He says, I'm, I'm reading this scroll. And he says, well, do you understand it? And the Ethiopian says, how can I? I have nobody here to explain it to me. And so that's what I was seeking, was someone to sit with me and to explain it to me. Uh, and part of, I guess, really what I wanted to talk to, to you guys about today, and I, I don't want to burn up all my time, but the... The Matthew 28, 18, and 20. Matthew 
I'll tell you what, these Bibles are good things to have. It really is. You can get those mechanical ones and they're okay, but I don't trust them. Somebody will change a word or something on them and you won't even know, but they don't change these books. Yeah. I got, I'm a conspiracy theorist, you know, so just let me slide on that. But Matthew 28, 18, and I'm a terrible reader, so suffer with me. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And so um, that, that's been a verse that's been resonating with me for a long time. Because Jesus tells us in that first sentence that all authority on, let's see, in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And if you study the Greek version the Hebrew version or the Latin version all means all. And so if you're looking for the top of the food chain, that's it right there. You don't have to go talk to your daddy about it, your mom about it, your wife, your husband, your boss, nobody. Jesus says, go and make disciples. Uh, so if when I read this verse and that jumped out at me uh, I went back and you start thinking through your life you know it's like if you read all the how to books how to be a better anything just if you read be a success at anything you want to be one of the first thing they're going to tell you to do is to get a mission statement you need a mission statement if you want to do this you want to do that have a mission statement well, right there, if you take that mission statement, you're taking that mission statement from the very top. There's no intermediaries. The very top is giving you something to spend all day on if you want to spend that. And we've talked about uh, over the last few weeks uh, about the go, the go part of that verse. The go is as you are going. And so uh, you spend all day with people. Uh, and how you pour into them um, is, is a disciple-making process. Now, I will tell you for me personally, uh, just I want to give you all some little, little tidbits that I, I've picked up on. Uh, if, if you look through the, the Gospels, you spend a lot of time in the Gospels, the, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those Gospels, if you'll watch what Jesus does, Jesus is discipling the disciples. That's why they're called disciples. And he spends three years with these guys pouring into them. Just pouring, 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 pouring into them. And then, uh, and you know, you can flip through here. And I, don't, I, I just don't want to burn a lot of time flipping through, but there's one time in that that Jesus shows them what to do. The next time he goes out and helps them do it, and now here in this last verse, he's sending them out to go do it by themselves. Um, and so, in my world, um, 
you need to pour into someone. Now, the, the, the thought that I have and the vision that I, when I think about this, um, is you have a person behind you that you're helping, and you have a person in front of you that's helping you. And I like the way Mike, he, he calls them gang. The only thing that I would add to gang would be chain gang. You know, if you're going to have a chain gang, you got a chain. you got a chain of people pulling and helping other people. And that chain is strong when it's all bonded up together. And so it's like you find somebody behind you uh, that's not as far along as you are, pour into them. If you see somebody ahead of you, just be humble and say, hey, look, and I, I need some help. I don't understand this. It looks like you, you got it going there. And could you, could you teach me? Um, over in 2 Timothy, you guys with the electronic Bibles will beat me over there, so I'm not going to give you the whole verse. But we're going to go to 2 Timothy. I'm going to cheat on you. I like to win. Timothy 2, 2. And this is uh, Paul writing to who? Guess, any, anybody want to guess? Timothy. <laughs> so that's a trick. Everybody thinks when it's up, the name's up at the top, that's the dude who wrote it, but this was not. This is, he's writing to his Timothy. Timothy 2.2. 2. And in Timothy 2.2, 2, let's see, it says, And the things that you have heard from me, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so in, in that one verse, there are four generations of believers. There, Paul is teaching his disciple Timothy to teach other faithful men who will teach others. You got four guys making a chain right there. That's one of the big verses for me. And the navigators, and I like pulling some of their stuff, they're saying what you're really looking for in a guy is a fat man or a fat woman, as the case may be. But that fat means faithful, available, and teachable. You need that. And if they're not faithful, available, and teachable, don't waste your time. Move on to the next guy. Um... I'm going to share another verse. And having a wife is good because you can tag team some of this stuff. And my wife put me on this verse. It's First uh, Thessalonians 2, 8. Now, cool thing about this Bible is it's got these little cheap little tabs that make you get there faster. It's also got all these little cheat notes down here at the bottom. So if you get one of those thin Bibles, you've got to learn it all yourself. But if you get one of these fat ones, sometimes you run into a problem. The guy down here will tell you about it a little bit. Um, let's see. I need a bigger words now, though. I'm going to have to get a bigger Bible. Golly, it's right there. I found nine, and I can't find eight. Say so what? Right above. right above it somewhere, isn't it? 
I can't find it. There, there it is. No, that's not the right verse. I'm in second this long. I knew that didn't look right. I need these to see far, but I can't see close with them. They mess me up. Here we go. And this is the Thessalonians. Who's writing this one? Paul. Paul. Yeah, that's good. Who's receiving it? There we go. We're, we're pushing the ball down the field now, folks. <laughs> so, affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you have become dear to us. And so, when you find someone, you start pouring into them, you will feel a relationship. And another one of the uh, things that the navigators like to use is they, they want to build in uh, content, they want to build in habit, and that's the habit of studying, but they also want to build in character and it want to build into your life. And so that uh, when, you, when you get someone, you want to not only pour the gospel, but you want to pour yourself into them so that they know that you care and you know, they know that you love them. Uh, and then that's how they will know that uh, you are a disciple of Jesus is by the way you love. Now, the... Uh, I had this really good verse in here, but I didn't want to chunk any rocks tonight, and I'm not going to chunk any rocks. But I want to get, give you an idea in your head of uh, a Christian. Okay, and the mamas will know this one. When the baby's born, and we're going to give you all the G-rated part of this, when the baby's born, the first thing they, they get is a bottle. They get a little bottle. And then the next thing they get is this little bitty spoon that you can't hardly eat out of, but it's, got, it's about as wide as my fingertip there with a little bitty thing that'll go into a little bitty mouth. And you start feeding the baby with that little bitty spoon. And then the next thing that you get is you get one of these plastic spoons and plastic fork sets that's all big and easy, big handles and everything for the kid to manipulate. And that's the next thing they learn how to use. Then they get the big boy spoon and the big boy fork, and then, then when they get old enough, you actually give them a knife, a steak knife, because when they're just drinking milk, they don't need the steak knife. But as they get older and they mature as a uh, Christian, then they're gonna get him to more and more solid food, and then that's when you give them the steak knife. So when you meet with someone, uh, just, Meet them where they're at and give them what they need at that point. The, uh, the other thing, and just a little um, thought pattern, is a lot of people, in using one of Mike's things, is they want to uh, bench themselves, take themselves out of the game, uh, because they'll say, well, I don't know enough, and I'm, I'm not smart enough. I don't, I don't know this well enough to, to give to someone. All you have to do is find someone that's just one step behind you. So if you come in here and, and listen to whatever Mike tells you on Sunday, 
find somebody to give that to on Monday, and uh, you'll be helping someone out. Now, I'm going to close with um, some pictures here. I got, I think, four of them, and I'm going to get some moves and odds because they're really good. And the last one looks like I set it up, but I didn't. This, this is a real life, this thing really happened. But this right here is discipleship and work. All right, I got my wife here and my little girl here. And this one my wife is feeding is my niece that uh, we're keeping during the day. Uh, and that's, uh, I will tell y'all, just I'm going to brag on Nicole. This is an intentional relationship that we're working here. All right, picture number two, please. All right, now we still got the baby. Nicole's still feeding her. And if you see, Grace has got her hand on it. We're progressing up the food chain here. And the next picture, please. Now she's doing it all by herself. And so that's, that's really what we're wanting here. You know, it's like find somebody to teach it to you. Find you somebody to show you how to do it. And then go do it. And then the next picture. And this is, she's seen this. She's not actually teaching her the Bible. I like to tell you that she's that smart. But I will tell you she is uh, mimicking something that she's seen in her mother. And so uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a good picture. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I wonder what the next one's going to look like, but... Um, I'll have to show y'all that later because I hadn't seen it yet. But that's all I got to say about that. And so <laughs> y'all can have a good evening. Hope to see everybody from there. Hey, one thing to tag on what Dotson was saying here. Um, if you've ever been in any kind of uh, AA group, one thing that he was talking about, man, I want to make sure that you hear, is that sometimes we don't think that we're worthy enough to do it. And one thing, if you've ever been